Okay, this is the obligatory warning. So welcome to Uneducators. There's two things. Chris likes to swear a lot, uh, so just be warned. And secondly, that we don't represent our employers in any way. We are talking off the cuff about how we think education should or shouldn't be done and quite possibly talking about it from an idealistic point of view. So bear that in mind. We hope you enjoy this episode. Record. Okay. Yeah, in theory, I'm using my okay. I'm using my MacBook Pro microphone because it says it's supposed to be studio well, quality. So I thought I'd try that out. Yeah, have you heard the guys from Connected? Because they've said it's shit. Oh, okay. They uh, haven't said it's shit. They've said that it would do you at a pinch. Um, you so know, do you like, think I should use my you... AirPods Pro instead? Or not? I don't know. Well, look, it can be an experiment. If yeah, it turns yeah. out it's shit, we can just re-record it like tomorrow or Friday. If that yeah. works for you. Well, it's always, yes. It's You're on your own in that house. So you have literally, when are you having to leave there? Uh, tomorrow afternoon, maybe evening. Because Evie's going, to, Evie's going so to Thorpe Park on Thursday. And I'm, I'm not going. I mean, I can't. Those things for me are like. What's what's Thorpe Park? Ro- like roller Is that like a water? I don't know if oh, they do water no with roller coasters and that stuff in it or not. Did you see the picture of the people in Wuhan in the water thing? No, what are you talking about? So, you know Wuhan, where it all started, the virus, yeah? yeah? Supposedly. Um, there was a picture... <laughs> <laughs> there was a picture of... Uh, there was a picture of Wuhan, like a water park type thing, you know, where people go and they just swim around for, like, for the whole day. We used to have one in Hong Kong called Ocean Park. And you used yeah, to go for the in day. America, didn't they? Water World or something. Yeah. Oh, that's, oh, that's yeah. a film, and so you would go... F- <laughs> Yeah, that's a film with Kevin Costner. Um, we'll add that to the show notes. Um, and geez, I better get a piece of paper here and start making some... The show notes hey, why? Are, By the way, the show why? notes are so shit. Why, why are you writing anything <laughs> down? <Yeah. laughs> I know. Because <laughs> it's a complete waste of time. Total waste of time, me writing down show notes. Because um, I've seen it out. Out. No, but... If anyone does actually listen to this, I've seen. You've one seen set one set of show notes. notes. There is one they look set. Good. They look good. Yeah, because I, I wasn't allowed to post were... them because they weren't done. <laughs> but they look good. Oh no! Really? <laughs> I actually have another set that's like nearly done. So what's episode seven? Is it episode seven? I have no I don't know. Website. Episode seven. <laughs> it's like we're barely even running a show now. Anyway, Wuhan, where the virus started. There was yeah, a picture yeah. of a water seven. park. And there was like literally hundreds of people, probably thousands of people, all in like rubber inflatable rings. And they were like, there was like no social distancing. They were like literally jammed in there like like sardines. And it was just like, oh my in those word. big hamster and, balls. That would have been fine, wouldn't it? If they're all in those big like hamster <laughs> yeah. balls. The, the whole thing at the minute is, I don't know what it's like where you are, but see like um, Gabe, who I used to work with at, at Little Thunder. And occasionally I still work with the fellas at Little Thunder. Um, yeah, we, I was chatting to them yesterday because I sent them a Scottish flag, which was, a an in joke about me quitting my job. Um, because when Tim, remember Tim was on the team. Did you meet Tim? No. Maybe it was before your time. Uh, it must've been when Richard Eskins was the external. Um, Tim came into the planning meeting, like the one we're going to have tomorrow and said, guys, just before we start, I want to let you know, I'm, I'm actually moving to Scotland. And we were like, What? And it, it, at the start of our planning meeting for the next year, he told us he was leaving. And we were like, what the hell? Anyway, the joke of it was he never actually moved to Scotland. 
And we all kept him going for years saying that was just a lie. You know, he just told us he was going to Scotland. And so we've had this running joke in Little Thunder that, you know, at some point I will move to Scotland, you know, meaning I'll leave the university. So yesterday I I sent them a WhatsApp message and said, I'm just going to leave this emoji here. And then I put the Scottish flag. And Gabe, Gabe was like, whoa, whoa, wait, what? <laughs> and Tim, Tim got to get it till ages later. Anyway, I was saying to Gabe, he was coming up to Donegal and I said, you need to bring your mask. And, you know, it's really serious here. People are, if you walk into a shop with no mask or anything, it's like the Wild West movies. They look at you like, yeah. where's your mask? Yeah, um, and yeah. if you don't put the, the sanitizer stuff on your hands, um, you know, they really do give you an evil look. And quite right too, as well. Um, and it's bonkers. Gabe was saying like, it's still in Belfast. It's still like, nothing's happening people aren't really wearing masks and actually in northern ireland our death count or our number or whatever is the highest in the uk no way you know that they measure it according to a hundred thousand people uh yeah well no i don't i know but i guess there would be a number yeah, there's, there's some yeah. kind of number, right? It's like 100,000 or something. And I'm not sure if it's people oh, who like died eight, per 100,000. Isn't it eight dying per 100 or something thousand in the UK? Uh, I don't know. But anyway, our number is is apparently the highest. And I am not surprised because the last time I was down in Belfast, literally no one was wearing masks and stuff. It was <laughs> so really I just realised the difficulty is I can't tell if you're saying our number or our number. <laughs> <laughs> that's northern island for you oh my i could talk like this if you want <laughs> oh man i was listening to the last episode i'm not sure if it was the last episode when i was writing the show notes it's not the last episode it's the previous episode where i was talking about the prostitutes the prostitutes from Leiden. Yeah. one of those yeah one of the episodes oh, where you were doing some accent yeah <laughs> So we had a, we basically oh, had a summer recess, Cara. though. That's the thing. We've now decided we're going to yeah, have we summer did. breaks. We had, we had. So every year now... We're yeah, I think we break. should do that. I think we oh, should. Yeah, I think it's good. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. I, I also think that for the School of Design, um, which I'm obviously going to be running really properly uh, now because I have no choice, um, I'm going to have like two semesters and a summer for research and catching up and, you know... And, and that's not to say that I won't do some consultancy work over the summer, but... My plan is to have it as two semesters because otherwise I feel like there's no structure to it. Yeah, definitely. You, know? you definitely need a structure. And I think, you know, I mean, so you get as creatures of habit, don't you? Particularly if you've been working in university, you, you kind of, that structure is quite nice to some degree. Yeah. So also Stefan, you know, you know, Stefan Sagmeister does this yeah. thing where he does like a kind of, I'm uh, probably getting this wrong, but the, the gist of it's right. Like every three years he, he just doesn't work or something. You know, he okay, has this yeah, big yeah. break. Yeah, and yeah. so he'll do all the work, earn the yeah, money. Like Craig Mod or something did a thing where he walked in Japan or something, didn't he? Yeah. Did you see the Craig Starter, Kickstarter, Craig Starter thing? What? Whoa. Okay. So this is really interesting. Um, we were actually going to talk about Google and the Google certificate things. Remember those? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You wrote about the, a post about oh, them. You were quite angry. Um, uh, anyway, cr- the Kickstarter, Craigstarter thing, I think is interesting because it's it's useful for anyone who's listening because it's not we don't just talk about education. We talk about other things as well. The Craigstarter thing was, uh, he was doing one of his walks, Craig Mod, and yeah. he wanted to raise money to print the book because he's really into publishing and printing and all that kind of stuff. And instead of using Kickstarter, he built his own 
um, kind of version of that, like crowdfunding okay, platform. Cool. And then he gave away the code for that, and it's called Craig Starter. Oh, nice. So it's it's quite a nice name because it's like Craig Mod, and it's also a little bit like Craigslist, and it sounds a bit like Kickstarter. But anyway, what he was saying, the brief thing I'd read about it was, you know, if you already have an audience and you don't really need Kickstarter for the the promotional aspects, and you already have an audience of of supporters, like a thousand true fans. Um, then you can use this Craig starter thing and you don't have to pay any fees. All you need is someone to implement it for you. Okay, so based uh, on And then that, you can set it up. Based on that, with my Patreon being like two people, it's going to take me about six decades <laughs> to get to, a, <laughs> to ever need to use Craig starter. <laughs> oh, my word. Yeah, Why I'm don't you just run it? Why don't I just run it? Why don't you... Why don't you just run a, a Kickstarter to promote the, um, the Node Noggin? Do you, well, do you mean, philosophically disagree with Kickstarter well, as well? Or? No, no. I mean, I, um, so, uh, no, because I mean, I'm on Patreon in that sense. And Patreon has some issues in terms of VC funding, to be fair. Um, but I am also on LibrePay. <laughs> which is a free alternative. But no, Kickstarter I like. Um, I think the model is pretty good in general. I mean, I've not looked into it, but I think that... Um, I've as I understand to... it, you give 5%, or you don't give, uh, they take. Uh, as I understand it, 5% of the thing goes. And that that's based on an interview I listened to with one of the founders of Kickstarter. Um, and I can't remember which one it was, but it was on your podcast that you told me to listen to how I built this with Guy Raz or how oh, I built cool. that with Guy Raz. Yeah, I know. Um, I know. I and know they, they were Arrow, talking about how they built it. I know that Errol Balkin did a thing ages ago where he ha- he did his own sort of Kickstarter style thing because he didn't want to use Kickstarter. So there might be some issues with it. But I mean, I don't, I think what I'm offering isn't something that would be a Kickstarter thing because I've got no, like Kickstarter and you have to have something that sort of like, launches or appears or whatever or you get a discounted subscription you know micro.blog obviously did it um to get you on the service early but none of my things fit that model so that's why i'm going more down either the pay like a patron type things so it's donations on a regular basis and i would like to obviously if it got if if it got big in any capacity i'd use something like open collective which is um what's open collective it's another platform where you can take in revenue, but it also allows you to be very transparent about where that revenue is spent. So you can sort of see. So I think View, uh, JS use it and a few others. So you can basically see right. in money coming in, but then you can also see how it's being used by. So it's normally used by open source com- uh, developments because if you have a group of people and you want them to work on stuff. So say, for example, Open Collective was getting like, I don't know, a thousand pounds a month in and I wanted to hire some JavaScript developers to do things, I could use that to do that, and it would show, it would make all that transparent. It would show that. Yeah, and yeah. it looks quite good, you know. So yeah. I, yeah. So I don't think Kickstarter's I'm so, the right model. I'm, so f- I'm 50-50 on that, because if you look in the, um, if you look in the Notion uh, docs that I've been building, there's a private library, um, so there's like a pay, there's a free library and there's a private library and yes. the private library is actually going to move to, um, a different tool that we've talked about before called Playgroup. Yeah. Um, but even this stuff won't go into Playgroup. There's a lot of stuff I have where I talk through pricing models and I say, here's what I spent 
uh, to buy the things. Here is my markup and here's how I spent money on this. And for example, uh, break. At one point I thought I would, you know, open up all the, the stuff for break. And I would say, sure. this is where we spent all the money. And I just, I found a bit, I found it a bit uncomfortable because I kind of felt like, well, you know, I was transparent about what I paid everybody because I was like, if you speak, you're getting a thousand pounds. No one's getting any different. No one's getting less. No one's getting more because it was really important to me as a, as a speaker myself that everybody who spoke was paid the same. Yeah, totally. Because I've been in the back of a, of a, of a car going to Gothenburg where uh, the list, I don't know if I ever told you this, but I was picked up at the airport with uh, Mika Vino, who's like a really, really well-known minimalist musician uh, who died a few years ago, very sadly. Um, M- M- like Mika was like, uh, for me, running a record label was like an absolute hero. I was yeah, like, wow. oh my goodness, I'm getting picked up with Mika Vino. This is unreal. Um, and it just so happened our flights happened to come in at the same time. Anyway, as we were driving to wherever, the hotel or something, um, I was kind of like in the back seat. He went in the, because he, he was Mika Vino. So I was like, you go in the front, right? I'll go in the back. Um, and I sat in the back and I was kind of like looking around, you know, as we're driving around the city and then, you know, there's this piece of paper beside me and I kind of like was a bit nosy and I picked it up and it was like an A4 piece of paper folded in half stapled. And it was like what everyone was being paid. And oh. it was, it was literally mine, but it was in the days before mobile phones. If I'd had a mobile phone, I'd have been going like this. I'd have been going, like, look at the view. It's amazing. So that I could pretend to hold my camera and then take a photo of it. My Mika Viner was being paid. I mean, I, I totally can't remember these numbers. And this is like 20 years ago. It was like 15 grand or something. And, oh. and I was on like, you know, flights, hotel and, you know, 100 euros or something. You know, I was kind of like, you know, artist, you know, Do don't give this guy any money. Where did that bit of paper come from, though? That's really weird. It was their budgeting and they, they it was sitting in the back of the car. And then what was even more bizarre about it was I was, oh, we you were, were being driving picked along up by quite... some of the, some of the organizers, not by a taxi. Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, no, it wasn't a taxi. Yeah. And one of the organizer people, one of the organizer people, it wasn't really one of the organizer people. So like if you've run a conference or an event, you don't always go to the airport to pick everybody up because you just couldn't. You'd be rushing around like a crazy person. Of course, yeah. So, you know, often people volunteer and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, someone had volunteered. We were driving like a Mercedes big kind of jeepy thing. And he drove into a car right in front of us because uh, we were driving so fast. And he went boom, straight into the car. And I was like, holy shit, because I was reading the, you know, what everyone was getting paid. And for me, I just felt like, you know, clearly I wasn't that famous. I was just like failure. And, you know, I just, I was just doing it for fun. I was really enjoying it. It was rock and roll. And there was like free bar and all that kind of stuff. That's all I cared about. And also I was getting to meet people who were, what was amazing to me was that it was Mika Vino and Ilpo Weissenen. They were in this band called Panasonic. And then they had to change the name because Panasonic sued them because they were Panasonic. And Ilpo Weissenen was, I had these two briefcases that had, works of art, 48 works of design in them. And Ilpo Weissenen's cover art was in one of the briefcases. And I was just like, this is so cool. You know, and he was like, oh, and he was picking up these little slide viewers and looking through the slides and seeing his work. And I was like, yeah, that's your stuff. And he was like, oh, this is Tina did this. And I was like, yeah, Tina's my friend. And it was really cool. But anyway, from that, that was because of the open collective thing. I just, I like that idea, but I also know from a practicality point of view that sometimes 
you know, you, you kind of have to reveal stuff that you might not want to reveal. Like sure. you spent 200 pounds on donuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, when I looked at it, the funny thing is you say that, when I looked at it um, for Vue, because I, I, Vue.js is, is one of the pieces of technology I'm using because it's open source, mm -hmm. uh, created by a guy called Evan Yu, really cool project, really great sort of guy. Um, and they have an open collective thing. And I, I went just to have a look mm -hmm. at it to see what it was all about. And they, um, and they were obviously flying some of the developers to um, a conference that they were having together, which is, you know, so the lead people who are contributing to the open source project are getting to go to this conference. That's fine. I think, well, if I don't, and I donate a bit of money and that gets them to come together and they, then great, you know, they and they have better ideas and they make the platform better. But one of the things that did annoy me was that they, I think it was in New York, this particular one, was there was quite a lot of... Um, quite a lot of them getting Ubers to various locations. And I didn't mind them getting, like, no, I did mind them getting Ubers. I was like, why didn't you get public transport? So I was like, my donation isn't paying for you to sit in an Uber. Get get on the New York subway. I mean, that's an experience anyway. So that was a bit, so I mean, Yeah, see, so. yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I mean, right? And actually from a practicality point of view, you know, it's probably easier just to use some Ubers. Well, I probably wouldn't use Ubers anyway because I don't agree with their model of what they're doing. They're stiffing yeah. over all these people. But, um, you know, I've been at conferences before, like Hybrid in Dublin, where they had a partnership with Lyft. Um, you know, all you did was text a number and, or whatever and you used the Lyft app and you got a taxi and it was great. Um, and I chatted to all the taxi people to say like, how's this making a difference to your life? Are you making more money? Are you making less money? You know, I was interested in all that kind of stuff. So I suppose in some respects, it might just be easier just to jump in an Uber, you yeah, know, and you yes. take that plus the cost was, of going and getting public transport, yeah. it's going to take ages. Or No, I agree. I guess I thought the same thing, though, is also the fact that it was that it was Uber. It's like, I don't agree with Uber's business practice. So, you know, and I know Lyft is sort of a bit of an alternative, you know, so I would have, wouldn't have minded so much if it had been, you know, maybe Lyft or, you know. I just yeah, Or if it was like yellow cabs or something. Yeah, exactly. Yes, which would have been even better, you know. Because it's, yeah, we know. We yeah, know. and I think that that's part of the problem with, with a lot of these kinds of um, open models like that is that, you know, it's quite tricky running a business, um, you know, and there's a lot of moving parts. And people who oh, and don't people run businesses. Flame. I was always going to say, people also just want to flame you if you do something like if it's slightly off. Like we were talking about, like, yeah. I've been doing this thing with um, about AFC Wimbledon and we were talking about being, you know, how do we be more ethical? And could that be an attractive proposition for sponsors, you know, young fans, all that kind of stuff? Um, but, you know, of course, you know, the worry is that as soon as you do one thing that's considered not as ethical as the others, and of course we had a debate about what that, you know, what that means, if someone's going to kind of flame you, especially on the internet, someone's going to flame you, be like, oh, look, he says he like, yeah. he's a vegan and I just saw that he got an Uber. And it's like, well, you, you know, like you say, the context could actually be important. And, you know, and someone might, you know, flame me for using Patreon. They were like, oh, well, he says he's all this, but Patreon, look at that's backed by VC money or whatever, you know, so. Is it? Patreon. It's, yeah, it's actually yeah. every episode we say this is, it's patreon.com slash Proctorbot. Um, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Proctorbot. Join the exclusive um, club, back. two fans. Yeah, yeah. Adam has two fans just now. He's looking for a third. Actually, that's meant to be me, and I haven't quite got round to it. 
And I am going to get there. I am, I am going to, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'd, like, for example, today I was meant to be ordering some cards, you know, uh, what do you call those things? Workshop tactics by Charles Burdett. They're really, oh, really yes. good cards I'd for give, running they've, workshops. They've, and, yeah. Hopefully my yeah. set that I gifted a friend uh, who finished working on games last year, that sh they should have arrived this week. They're coming. They're coming today yeah. uh, or it, tomorrow yeah, or something. Or Thursday, anyway. Yeah, they're coming right now because uh, I spoke to Charles earlier and he, he was kind of a bit, you know, he's he was really excited that they're landing on people's desks and, you know, people are putting them on Twitter and it's super exciting. And I said, well, my set is in uh, in the north, not in the south, um, uh, because our address here is pretty, you know, it's kind of like Murphy's, Sandfield, Donegal. That's yeah. it, you know. It's, yeah. And I always well, feel I was... a little bit like and, and stuff arrives. But well, I always feel a little bit knows like you. That's the madness of that place. When we went, we didn't go to yeah, Donegal, but we went somewhere looking for a friend of ours, uncle, and she hadn't been there for years, right? So she said, oh, "I think it's around the bend," you know. I'm like, "Where's well, there not a postcode?" <laughs> and it's like, "No, just drive around the bend." So we drive up and down, and she's like, oh, "I'm not sure. It looks different." I'm like, "Yeah, but you last time you here, you were like 15 or something." And so <laughs> we basically pulled over to a like a garage, and it wasn't like a. It wasn't a Texaco or whatever. It was a garage, a local garage. No, yeah, it'll be like a real, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've and the seen guy many went in and said, oh, yeah. do you know, you know, whatever, Seamus Murphy, whatever. And they're like, yeah, yeah, three doors down there. It's like, well, it's the one with a cat outside or something. It's just like, what? how does he know? Yeah. Like, it's mad. Oh, only, only until recently we now have an air code, which is like a postcode. Uh, and that makes okay. me feel a little bit more confident that stuff's actually going to arrive. And I don't know why I say that, because, like, you know, Jackie is the postman and he lives at the top of our lane. Exactly. Um, so it's not like we don't know Jackie. And if we weren't here for like a week or whatever, like when we were in Glasgow having to get Caitlin, I reckon Jackie would just look after it. He would yeah. just, you know, he would just look after the package and then give it to us when he got back. Anyway, I'd got my set delivered to um, Belfast and I'd promised Susan O'Malley at IDEO that I'd get her a set. Um, and it was always in the back of my mind because as soon as I was talking to him, I ordered a set for myself, uh, even though I had the beta deck, um, which is really nice. Um, and I finally, because they were starting to ship, I thought, God, I better get that set ordered. So I will s support you on the Patreon. It's just, it's taken me like six months to get that set ordered for Susan O'Malley, uh, which I ordered today. So, you know, but it's interesting because that, that, that then takes us to the whole, like, how do you sustain yourself as a creative? How do you make a living if you don't want to do it within the system? Um, you know, and that for me is a big thing because, as you know, I had it in my notice yesterday. So I will no longer be, well, after this semester, I think I will no longer be a member of staff at Belfast School of Art. So I'll be teaching from outside the institution. Um, yeah, that is a big thing. And I think that that's interesting because, I, you know, I was talking to Charles earlier about the challenges and the struggles of running a business, a creative business with, you know, it's when it's just you. Um, and I don't know, I, I come, I feel kind of like education is going to be interesting moving forward. Oh, it's hot enough. Um, definitely. There is stuff. And I think you've got the right, you know, I think you're on the right track, obviously with what you're trying to set up and how it's sort of going, I think, and you're working out those business models. And I do, I think your idea of having, either you know a kickstarter and then a, you know and then a section where you get um you know access to more materials and more one-to-one -one stuff through paying is, is a yeah. good model you know i think getting people to see the stuff 
generally freely is perfectly acceptable and then it's like it's the access to the to you and maybe those maybe you get i don't know i mean maybe the library is private only but only for a timed period that would be the thing for me so because i just think the i think that what you're paying for is access to you navigating those those learners through the yeah that's we've discussed that's, before you know that's one of the things that's one of the things I wrote about in that post, which, you know, we're starting to pull together the website. A Jasmine, my placement student, has been doing amazing work. And yeah. I really have to say this. She's doing incredible work because you can imagine being briefed by me. I'm, I'm kind of like, yeah, make it look like Slack, but don't make it look like Slack. And she's like, OK. And then she's drawing me like, you know, a, a thing. And I'm like, that's too like Slack. It needs to look like Slack, but not like Slack. And, you know, I, I had to phone her the other day because I thought, uh, this is probably a bit confusing. What I was trying to say to her was that, you know, let's say you draw like a generic browser window and you want it to look like Safari, right? You can make it look like Safari because of the way you construct it, but you yeah. don't necessarily need to put all the detail in. And if you wanted something to look like Chrome, you could make it look like Chrome because just the way that's constructed is slightly yeah. different. And what I was trying to say to her was that, you know, in the header, um, of the website, we had the school of design and we had the description and then we had Slack and playgroup and it was way too detailed and it was fighting with the text. And I was trying to say it needs to look like Slack so that when you look at it, you go, yeah, that's Slack, but it also needs to not look like Slack in the sense that you need to let go of what Slack actually looks like and just make something that you think Slack looks like. And so yesterday when I had a chat with her and we finally got around to signing a contract, um, she said, I understand what you mean now. And it's really hard. And I was like, great, you're, you're learning. That's fantastic. And so she showed me how she had been simplifying and simplifying and she's very close, you know, but I, it just, I, I thought it was really funny the way I was briefing her where I was kind of like, it needs to be like Slack, but not like Slack. You so know, what's happening with like, the website now? Because I was trying to explain to Samantha, I said that you'd obviously handed in your notice and I was trying to explain what you were doing, but I, but I obviously typed in the school and I got. I didn't get anywhere. And then I was like, where am I supposed Did to Did you go? not go to Notion? No, and then, I, then you... I finally found the Notion thing, but it was a bit odd. I can't remember how it did or didn't work, but what is, so what is oh, the Oh, surely if you now? type theschoolofdesign.com, it goes to Notion, right? Yeah. That's, what, yeah, that's what's meant to happen. Um, For some reason it didn't so happen what is... and then it did, but. So I don't okay, know so that... what I'll do is I will send you, uh, I'll forward you the, um, hang on a minute. So I'm just going to forward you this uh, forward. Then we could put it in the show notes that will never happen. Um, so if you look on your, have you got your mobile? Yeah. I've just sent it to you on uh, WhatsApp. What's you see NN there? Hang on. Uh, yeah, a photo. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, so if you click on that, so at the top, that's the yeah. kind of Slack uh, that doesn't yeah, look like Slack. Yeah. And then, then it's like Playgroup that doesn't look like Playgroup. It's yeah, like, yeah, you know, you I need to look it. at yeah, it and go, yeah. oh, yeah, it's a Slack community. And then the bit at the Which bottom like the, where there's like the a lot of... loading stuff, isn't it, on some websites now where they do a thing where before it loads. Yes, get, yeah, yeah. Actually, I never thought of that. Blanked out bars. 
Yeah, yeah, I never thought of that. And then the stuff underneath was kind of like building a community, the library and content. And do you know what's amazing about this, Adam? See if you look at the section that says building a community. The School of Design puts a lot of focus on building a community of like-minded people, right? And then it says, be held accountable, stay on track uh, with your projects, get feedback from other community members, grow ideas and share resources. She wrote that copy herself. Lovely. I didn't give her any briefing. I mean, I'm going to change it, but I mean... She is doing a lot of work. Well, I don't say that as in I'm going to change it, as in that's not that's not good. Yeah, the thing I'm, I'm going to... I was going to, sorry, Chris, what? I was going to say, the thing about that is that she understands what you're trying to do and it's written out. So that's yeah. what's important, isn't it? The thing with all of this stuff, and is what I've been finding is slowly over time, is when you, you have to keep saying the same thing over and over again for you to get that, that way of expressing it, you know, neatened up and tight so that then when someone hears it, they can instantly understand it. And that looks like it's getting there. Yeah. And that, that for me is, is the thing that's been really interesting for me because she is the first employee I've ever had. Um, and except I suppose maybe I did a bit of work with Dan Gold, who's at Little Thunder and who's coming back to final year. Um, you know, you know, you probably know what it's like to work with me. I'm a bit abstract and I kind of say things that are a bit kind of vague. And I'm kind of loosely getting at things. And also I've been sending her, I don't know if I've shown you things, but like this was my brief for that. I showed her that. Oh, cool. I like that. I basically sketched that. Take a photo of that, Chris, now, because we can put these into at least, I can at least put photos in the show notes. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I um, sketched that. it now. You won't, if you don't do it now. <laughs> I've got a photo on my phone. I've got a photo of it on my phone. Um, no, I, I sketched that. and I'm I, never going to get I, that picture. Yeah. And I sent that to her and said, right, that's what we're looking for. And she and then I think I said to her, like, underneath, like, you know, mention the notion, mention, the, you know, mention the slack and do the play group. And she's loads of other versions as well with the logos and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, these are amazing. Um, yeah. Anyway, it was I was so impressed, you know, um, but I think it's a bit like what you just said. A lot of teaching is about you got to repeat, 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 repeat. And then finally the penny drops and you're like, great, now they understand, you know. Um, and, I, and I suppose for without getting lost in the detail of it, this is one of the things I found frustrating about teaching in academia. Um, you know, with the National Student Survey, which I think is a very blunt instrument. Um, you know, you get people who... You know, you only get two types of people who leave reviews. They're either people who are really delighted or people who are absolutely not delighted. You never get people in the middle, you know. And and John Gruber's talked about this before where he talks about five-star ratings. And he says, you know, you either need a thumbs up or a thumbs down, right? Yeah, and Netflix does it at the end. You know, you're like, thumbs up, show me more of this or thumbs down. I never want to experience that again. And one of the things I found frustrating was we got the feedback and, and it was only one comment. And I could, I read it and thought, this person's just not, this, this person just doesn't get on with me. And I've just told them, you know, look, this isn't good enough, you know, or I don't, th I don't think I would say to somebody, this isn't good enough. Um, you know, I would say to somebody, look, you know, you're not quite there. A plus I've got the, the Carol Dweck book over there. And I, I did this year try to say, you're not quite there yet. You just need to keep going. And for some people, you might be saying that a lot, right? Because sure. they aren't there. Um, and that was the thing I was finding really difficult. It was kind of like, if you tell the truth and you say to somebody, look, this isn't working for you, um, you know, and like, so for example, here's, here's a conversation I had this year and I felt really bad having this conversation. Uh, second year student, 
and I said to her, uh, and I can't remember her name, so I'm just going to call her uh, uh, Jean. Uh, and I said to her, no, call her Jane because it's easier. Uh, and I said, uh, look, you're never going to be a great designer, okay? Because you just don't really have the eye for it. And you don't, you know, you, you're, you, the stuff that you pick, it's just that it's not working for you there. But what you are is an amazing researcher. There's no one in this class who's who's as good as you. Your research is amazing. Your synthesis of the knowledge is amazing. Your role here is probably a content type person. You know, you will be amazing at that. And that's what you need to push on, right? Because you're really good at it. And as I was saying it, I felt like, oh no, maybe I shouldn't be saying that because I'm actually telling her that she's not a very good designer. But what I was trying to do was tell her, you're not very good at this, but what you are good at is this. And there's lots of people who are not good at this. And that's where you need to push, push hard. And she got a job, a placement job, um, partly with my help um, at the start of the lockdown, because she had a lot of enthusiasm and she contacted me on WhatsApp and she constantly checked in and said, what do you think about this? And maybe she'd do a bit more research on this. And and somebody phoned me and said, look, I'm looking to hire somebody. They need to be good at research. I'm not really too concerned about the visual design. And I said, you need to hire J- uh, Jane. Um, and she got a job straight away. Um, and I think she appreciated the fact that I was honest with her. And that other people don't appreciate that fact. I think they find it too too brutal. Yes, I think it's hard, isn't it? But that's, I mean, that's learning, isn't it, as well? Learning to be able to evaluate. I often talk to students about their, you know, leaning on their strengths and, you know, and so that's the yeah. same thing, isn't it? You've yeah. got a li- some things we're not so good at. All of us are different, have different skills. I mean, that's why, I, said, I mean, all this thing, that when it works really well, it's teamwork, isn't it, actually? And so, but yeah, sometimes yeah, yeah. You, you struggle when you're new to things to evaluate sensibly your position. You know, and I've had students before where they, they are misevaluating how strong they are in an area and you have to be you have to obviously try and get them to understand that that isn't doing them any favors and that they need to evaluate themselves properly so that they can either yeah i mean if, the, if she really wanted to be a designer and she felt that that was unfair for you to say that then it's a case of like well i'm gonna i'm gonna spend my time and do whatever it is that i need to do to become that person you know because I think like you'd say, um, you know, creativity isn't something we are, like we don't have magically have or are born with in that sense. And nor is being able to appreciate the world visually. You can learn all those things. Some things just take some people longer than other people because of various whatevers, you know, like I can. Yeah. You know, and, and, and that that particular girl, uh, you know, I, I told her, OK, this is what you need to focus on. Keep it simple. Keep it really basic. You know, don't get too over the top. Um, you know, follow these rules, and you know, you can't really go too far wrong. But I just, I believe that you, as you know, as 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 facing the multiple paths ahead of us, this is your path. You know, I don't think your path's over here. And I've have I have found that to be a bit frustrating for the last maybe three, four. I think, if truth be told, I found it frustrating since really fees were introduced and started to take hold. Um, I think at the beginning of fees being introduced, it was relatively new. And now we have become we have become a consumer type. Um, it, it, we are in danger of becoming a consumer driven relationship. You know, don't don't, don't tell yeah. them anything bad. Just tell them good things because they at the end of the day are paying your salary. And I'm thinking, well, this isn't really doing anybody any favors. No, no. And I think it's nuanced. And, and I think, it's, you know, it's tricky. Isn't yeah. It? I mean, I think. The, um, I think it, 
Yeah, it depends on lots of things, doesn't it? It depends on senior management, it depends on all kinds of things, and that's because you're in a structure, and that structure has to be held up and is then held accountable, unfortunately, by a number of things, like you say, that are quite blunt or that appear to be um, driving in the opposite direction. You know, and we've seen it. We, I mean, uh, there's things where, I mean, I saw it. There was, frustratingly, you know, there was Gar BBC and Guardian articles that were, that were, that were correlating the, the direct connection between how much you're paid and the university you, you went to. And I just think, don't do that. Like, why would you do that? It's got nothing, like, how much you're going to be paid shouldn't have anything to do with yeah. the the university that you went to that shouldn't be a that shouldn't be a deciding factor what should be a deciding factor and what should be promoted is is this course the type of course that's going to nurture and grow me as an individual in society around the area that I'm interested in and that's the problem with a lot of this stuff is it's all about some metrics that are pretty blunt or are inappropriate you know in that sense and that's like you know the google thing that's the problem I have with that google article it's just it's not it doesn't understand what they what they're selling and they're trying to say that they're one thing when they're not you know um, and that's what you know. yeah I I think I think what's frustrating about that Google article um, and I don't it isn't a Google article it's an Inc magazine yeah. article about those Google things and I think to be fair those Google things were introduced quite not just recently they were introduced a wee while ago like a month or two back or something but. Yeah. For anyone who's not read it, we'll put a link in the show notes that never appear. But essentially what it was saying was that Google were getting behind three different careers. One was like project management, I think. One was UX design. And yeah. one was, I can't remember what the third one was. No, but basically they were saying, look, we're going to build these six-month courses. They are going to be foundational skills. Uh, they're going to give you the basics to get a job, which we both agree is a good thing. Um, but then like three sentences later said, we are also not going to worry about a four year degree anymore because we're going to treat these as the equivalent of a four year degree. And I think anyone who really has put any effort into teaching for four year, a, a person, uh, or as Alan Livingston, uh, put it to me, you're designing a mind. Um, if you've been designing a mind for four years, uh, and then somebody comes along and says, uh, yeah, this six month thing is, is just as good as your four year thing. You're probably going to be a bit irritated about that. And, and I felt actually for, you know, there's some pretty smart people at Google. And I thought that that was actually quite stupid what they were writing. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, that was the vice president of something. But I think it's just that it's that Silicon. Unfortunately for me, it goes back to that idea. It's that Silicon Valley mantra of disrupting. And so they're trying to show that they're disrupting stuff. But what they're actually doing, as far as I was concerned, and I wrote a blog post about it because these kind of things and uh, bother me because it, it does double down on that consumer sort of nature you know i pay for a six-month course and so i've got a 50 grand a year ux thing but actually as far as i'm concerned it's a training program for google which is fine that's not yeah it a bad is thing. but i think what you'll find is that although they stipulate these wages which look uh, you know nice that actually what they're trying to do is just get more have more people to choose from and so they can devalue those roles and so it, it's about getting cheap labor as far as i'm concerned into those spaces because what you know i think that's what they're going to try and do and and also it's, it's uh, yeah this well you can read my blog post about it in more in that sense more about why i think that it's not equivalent and also why it's it's fine for there to be short vocational style courses that are geared 
towards getting you into a role that currently exists within a short space of time because there may be a gap in the market, a need, a desire, or you just want to transition. Maybe you're you know, a transition from one role to the other. That's fine, but don't call it something that isn't and don't pretend that it's not a training program for your own corporate uh, uh, greeds. Do you know what I mean? It's just that's what, was no- that's what bothers me about these things. Someone will read it and go, why am I going to do a degree? I could do this Google thing and work for Google in like six months. It's like, well... Yeah, you maybe you could. But I'd like to see that. I'd like to see that happening. Um, yeah. And secondly, how many people are actually from that program do that? You know, we don't. Everyone doesn't need to be an engineer or you know, for Google. Do you know what I mean? That's the other thing about a lot of this stuff. I. I think what's interesting. I'm trying to find your uh, your link to the article because so I'd written here. It's the mismatch between foundational skills which is in one sentence and the equivalent of a four-year degree. Yeah. And I was kind of like, look, anybody looking at that, reading it as six-month course foundational skills and the equivalent of a four-year degree, either you found some magic trick that will fit four years into six months. As far as I'm aware, there is no, there is no such thing. Uh, there's no time machine that will allow us to, you know, repeatedly return for six months, you know, eight times so that we can get the four years in. Um, and you know, you'd written in your post cause I replied to you, um, the, the motivation is usually to accelerate people into current roles and lower costs. And I bolded the lower cost because I think most of this is about big business seeking to lower the cost of creating hyper-efficient, unquestioning drones. Yeah. And for yeah. me, that is not what a designer is. You know, when you say that you're Google and you're building a six month UX course stroke design program um if we set aside the other two courses the project management and whatever the other one is the to me where design is going is like away from kind of you know hyper efficient drone type stuff i mean that's going to be replaced by machines for goodness sake and if anybody knows that it should be google the kinds of people that we want to be building are people who can uh think computationally think creative think creatively and, and question what do we need and you know what does society need and how can we build that stuff? And most of those people can't learn that in six months. No. In fact, none of those people can learn that in six months. No, you know, this is the, this thing is the kind of thing get, that... Yeah. No, I'll just say that's the same this thing, is the kind of thing you would teach. that people who are leading these teams often are people that have been to like, you know, the well-renowned universities and then are pretending that that's no longer required. And it's just because they need a quick workforce. And they're trying to sucker everyone in by going, come be a designer. When actually all they're doing is following a set of commands to build a product. You know, if, like you said, you know, if we want, if Google really want to start transforming the world or whatever, um, and doing good things, you know, we need people who can think. Do you know what I mean? And that's a different skill. And that takes a while to acquire. So I, it was all clickbait for me. To, it just annoys, it's one of those ones that just annoys me. You, you have to go to your website because when you click on the short link, Dr. Pro 2J1, it takes us to a 404. Oh, um, so. so you have to fix, you have to fix that link because um, I'm trying to find the actual page and it's broken. Um, but I mean, yeah, it, it is also quite clickbaity as well. And I think that when you look at the URL, <laughs> it was yeah. unreal. Like the URL was Google. Uh, there's hyphens between these words, right? Google plan, disrupt, college degree, university, higher education, certificate, project management, data, analyst, dot HTML. 
And it's like, anything else you want to put in there? <laughs> anything else you want to put in that URL? <laughs> so if anybody wants to know the secret of SEO, Google themselves are, you know, the URL is insane, you know? Um, it's just mad. So, so yeah, yeah I've, I'll fix that link as well. Because, yeah, it's strange. I've got the, so I've got in my own URL shortener so I can keep a track of all my things. Yeah. And it's doing something weird at the moment where if, if a URL somewhere has a plus in it, that it can't, it doesn't doesn't pick it up properly so i need to check that that's weird but maybe right. they're checking them maybe the other site it, might it, actually be down but the one link i, so normally it, have problems I don't think is overcast. so yeah i normally have problems with overcast links they're the ones that always seem to break because they always have a plus in it oh, i love overcast links i can tell you that it is an article by justin bariso um at inc magazine google has a plan to disrupt the college uh degree google's new certificate program takes only six months to complete and we a bare fraction of the cost of college why this is interesting to me at the minute is because i was talking to a learner at the school of design recently um who said you know i just want to check with you well you know i've got roughly six months can i you know can i be a fully qualified ux designer in the next six months and i was like no you know I mean, that's the answer to that question you know what i can do is i can teach you some principles of research i can teach you about the design process i can take you through all of this stuff and it's you know i can cover a lot of stuff but you're not going to be a fully functional ux designer you know you'll have to spend probably another few months just making stuff and experimenting and i suppose it depends on how hard you want to work but if you've got a full-time job and you're doing it on top forget it you know and it worries me these sorts of courses and i also look at now that i've just quit quit my job and you know i think I can't get suckered into this kind of stuff because it's really easy to get suckered into it. Yeah, yeah. You know there's a captive market of people who, if you go out there and say to them, I'll be able to teach you to be a UI designer in six weeks, they'll go, okay, great, yeah. And they'll just absorb it and pay money for it. And I'm like, yeah, I can't, te I can't teach that. And so there's this tension between your honesty and your, your truth and making a living and... I, I don't know. I was thinking when I was walking earlier, the school of design model is, I don't know what I'm doing. And I think what, one thing I am doing is I'm being honest about it and saying it's, a, it's an experiment. Um, and, you know, I, I think that for the, the bare minimum subscription fee of 256 quid, uh, if you're getting, say, 20 guest lectures and a series of workshops by me, that, that, is that worth 256 quid? Definitely it is. Um, but will enough people see the value in that to, to pay me a salary to be able to do that? Um, that's, that's a big question and it's a big unknown. Um, and it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. Well, you, you know? definitely need more than two friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, cause I'll be screwed. Um, so these courses, which company is calling Google career certificates. I think the other thing is that a lot of people will get suckered in by the Google thing. They'll be yeah, like, oh, this isn't just as, you know, a bit like Microsoft certification or Adobe certification or all these kinds of things. And people think if they get them that they'll be, you know, I, I'm like, I don't give a monkeys if you've got a Microsoft certi certificate, you know, just show me what's your work, you know, let me see what you've done. Um, and the thing of a lot Kent of those Walker, things is senior vice president. I was going to say a lot. He's of those a senior VP. Yeah, I know. A lot of those things, certificate things, go out of date. I've done, I've done like a handful in my time from Apple and Adobe ones and whatever. And um, 
you know, I think I'm, I think I'm certified in Macromedia Flash or something. But do you know what I mean? It's like, what? Like, it was out of date while I was doing the course. Do you know what I mean? It's like, these things go out of date. And that's the thing with all of this is, it's oh, like, what they can show you on that course will go out of date. And if you haven't got the resilience to be able to move and understand what it means. And I think I, I put in my blog post about the fact that, you know, I learned, you know, I started programming, if you want to call it that, on the spectrum, right? I don't use any of those spectrum skills now, but I understood what it meant in terms of how I learned what that was. This was the ability to program a machine, you know, and I'd learned yeah. that that was a powerful thing and I could do something with that and it would allow me to do things. doesn't mean that, that I was like, oh, great, I know that this run means go to the next line or whatever. Like, that wasn't what I was taught. Well, that wasn't what I was learning. And I think a lot of these things, what they're teaching you is how to press the button that exists in that program now and i suspect i don't know because i haven't gone on this google thing wouldn't surprise me if what they're teaching you is google some google internal tools to help them build their products faster you know and those tools so it says here google didn't say exactly how much the new courses would cost but a similar program google offers on coursera um the it support professional certificate costs 49 dollars a month and so at that price, this would be $300. I, I look at it and think, like, how's that going to work? Like, I just look at it and think, like, how's that going to work? Um, you know, Google said it would fund 100,000 needs-based scholarship in support of the programs. So you're either working on your own and doing all the work on your own, and you do the stuff and there's no evaluation and it's just like, you know, here's the stuff, follow the instructions, and then you're good to go. Or yeah, over here, sure. someone is someone someone is mentoring you and someone is looking at your work and saying, Well, that doesn't work because this is a problem, and that doesn't work because that is a problem. And that's my concern about these kinds of programs. It's definitely not what I'm doing at the School of Design. Um, because you know, just in the in the six months of testing with beta learners, you know, a, a lot of the stuff I do is I look at things and I like recently we had one of the students whose name is um, Danny um, and she's really awesome. You know, she really wants to learn and she showed me some stuff and I said, okay, well, you know, your line length there is very, very long. Um, you know, it's quite hard to read and you're also justifying the text on both sides and that's leaving these big gaps here. And, you know, who's going to teach you that on this $300 program? No one will teach you that, um, you know, because that requires someone to look at, a thing, a design artifact and say, right, here's the problems with this. Number one, number two, number three, number four. And then I was able to go into my decks and pull out a typography deck and say, jump on a call with me tomorrow. We're going to do one hour and I'm going to talk you through this typography deck. And then I'm going to give it to you to go off and do some reading in your own time. And that made a massive difference to her, but that's not scalable to a hundred thousand people. No, um, no this, this, is, this is what concerns me. Yeah, for me, the difference, though, is it's like they keep using the word education when what they mean is training. You know, and training yeah. is is appropriate at various points for individuals, but that isn't an education. That isn't learning to learn. It's, it's something very different. And it's again, it's, it's frustrating, I think, for us because we know, we can see the gap, and they're using terms and roles that we understand very well, and they're just trying to, you know, convince people to come over and do these these wonderful jobs where it's all like you know amazing you know, I, d I remember this has always did me in i remember this i mean we're almost on the hour as well but i remember there was an advert in yeah on the U in the uk 
And the advert was, um, like, there's a guy who's a dustman, like, dustman. And he's, like, put, you know, doing the dustman. And then it's, like, you could be a programmer <laughs> or whatever. And there was, like, someone, like, working in the store, you know, or serving out, I don't know, in the pharmacy, for example, dishing over the pills in the pharmacy or something. It's like, boom, you can be a coder. And it's like, this is like a UK advert. And I was just like, okay. Yeah, like, no, I've seen one like is, that. This is not good because I really appreciate like the people in the pharmacies, the dustmen, all those kind of things, right? And they have, it's a role that needs to be done, right? And so that is a positive thing. It's not my fault that the government or whatever devalues those individuals. And then some advert comes on and says, don't be those people, be the coder, because that will make you so cool. And it's just like, oh my word, we, okay, we don't need like everyone to be coders. We do need some people to do these other roles. Yeah. But there needs to be satisfaction in those roles and needs to be appropriate and all that kind of stuff. And again, these kind of things from Google suggest to me that you know everyone's got to be a, a, a UX designer or a coder or something to have any value. And, and that, that under lining all of that that's what bothers me and that's why again that's why we get services like airbnb uber and whatever that, that destroy other parts of europe in terms of their culture and their communities because there's a bunch of white guys in silicon valley who think they know everything and they don't yeah i think if you if you look at the article which will stick in the show notes if you we ever publish the show notes um it says higher education what i was going to say was two observations observation one is that some of the things that i have issues with are by that guy ken or whatever you call him um sure, yeah. his name is is kent kent walker a senior vp but some of the other things that i have issue with are by the person who wrote this article uh which are a little bit on the clickbaity side of things. So, you know, higher education has been ripe for disruption for a long time. And while Google's recent announcement may not be the final nail in the coffin, it's a move with major potential to change the future of education and work. And I'm thinking, well, it isn't really if you know anything about higher education. Yeah. Um, and just because I handed in my notice yesterday and have decided I no longer want to work in higher education, does not mean to say that I don't think there's value in, in people investing their time learning something for three years, let's say. Um, I probably would speed it up a little bit and make it not three years, but that's another question. Um, and so this kind of like, you know, six month thing, you know, first of all, Kent says this six month thing is the same as this four year thing. And then the person who's writing the article goes, this is the same as this. And you're like, whoa, 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 as a journalist, you have a degree, you have a responsibility to, you know, weigh out what the person's saying to you and say, you know, is this guy right? Or is he completely off his rocker? Um, and what we're getting here is basically the old, uh, you know, one of the main yeah. criticisms of higher education through the years has been that universities don't properly equip students with the real world skills they need in the workplace and leave them in debt for years as they struggle to pay back student loans. There's a lot of that I would agree with, but I'm not 100% sure that this Google six-month thing is going to fix that problem. That, you know, here's a problem, here's another problem. Just by banging them together in the same article does not solve the problem. No, exactly. Um, That's with a lot of know. these things. It's, they're, not, they're not nuanced in the sense that it's about a conversation about how do, we, how do we, where necessary, improve areas where there is concern that students are leaving four-year programs and they don't feel that they're meeting their requirements. But that is, you have to have an honest... I mean... 
I know people do this and have those conversations with companies. You have to have an honest conversation with that company about what are you expecting in this person and what are the things that we can actually do because other thing, the other part of it is that universities shouldn't be the training ground for corporations, you know. So you can't, you can't just, if Google wants to outsource its training, it certainly shouldn't be outsourcing it to universities by telling universities what they need. That isn't, I don't think, is, is, is appropriate at all. It, but you it's, have to have a conversation. It's not outsourced. Yeah, it's not outsourced, to be clear. It's taught by Google employees. No, but I mean, that's what I'm now, saying is that there is that, also been that move where they've said, oh, universities aren't teaching what companies want. So then the companies will come to you and say, you need to teach this. And again, that would mm. be, as far as I'm concerned, it's like outsourcing their training program into a, a university yeah, education, yeah, which yeah, is being yeah, paid yeah. for by the students. So if you want people to be trained in specific things, you should be paying for them to go on the training. This Google program, Google should be doing more than £100,000. They should be, if they want people in their company, they should be paying to train those people. You know, like... Well, it says, in contrast, Google claims their courses, which would cost a fraction of a traditional university education, prepare students to immediately find work in high-paying, high-growth career fields. I mean, I, I probably don't have a problem with saying that they are able to find, uh, immediately find work right? Yeah. You know, maybe at a very low level. And you could argue that some of these career pathways are high growth, right? But when you say immediately find work in high paying, high growth career fields, well, it suggests that you're entering at a very high level and you are not going to be entering at a high level off the back of this. Or, I, or I'd really be interested to see the course, um, you know, and see how intense it no is. It doesn't matter anyway because I mean I I, I like to the games industry in the same way because I've heard people say oh you can just you can learn how to make a game on Google right and in terms of the skill set you can learn those skills if you just spent a short period of time just focusing on that right but you will get an if you get a job it will be an entry level role into a very worker drone section of the company and your your progress in that company is not going to be as rapid as someone who comes in with you know a longer understanding of the of the types of roles that exist and understanding those roles change a set of skills that yes are appropriate but they might have been learnt over a longer time but again it's the idea of like getting people ready to understand how they can change those skill sets because uh, especially in games i mean every company uses a different game engine a different 3d piece of software so you could spend six months learning one thing to get a job at company a company a finishes the game and you can't get another job because everyone else is using another piece of software and you didn't learn the fundamentals of what it means to use a 3D, 3D tool or a game engine. You just learned the, the way to make that thing do whatever it does. You know, and you need to be prepared mm. to learn and keep learning. So these certificates will, will end up, if you want to stay with Google, I would suspect they'll say, okay, now you need to do another certificate because the job is now called, you know, blah, blah job. You know, it's just, but the thing it did mean at the end of that article, and then I think um, we're going to hit the hour. But the thing it did mean at the end of the article... It does say was, that Google promises to support the, them in the job search. I, ju yeah. I just wonder how that's <laughs> going to work with like 100,000 plus people. Um, yeah. It tell, it, at the end of the course, you get a link, a list of links to jobs.com. <laughs> like, that's how they're going to help you. It said the company career. says participants can opt in to share their information directly with top employers hiring for jobs in these fields. All of this is to do with data hoovering, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, yeah. It I mean, also says, now to be fair, it says that 
Google will offer hundreds of apprenticeship opportunities to participants who have completed the course. Now, if we look at things at the low, you know, like, you we'll know, 100,000, <laughs> and then there are hundreds of apprenticeships. So, you know, we could be talking about 1% of people who get an apprenticeship. But the thing they said know? at the end, there's a line at the end, Chris, which says something about skills are what's needed now, not degrees. Can you see that? Yes, I've just seen it. I've literally just seen it. Remember, I me? sorry, I got as far yeah. I got as far as the bit that said, so if you're an employee or hiring manager, ask yourself. And, you know, bear in mind, this is in Inc. magazine, so it'll be read by a lot of business people. Um, I read Inc. magazine as well. Um, so is it time to rewrite your job descriptions to eliminate the requirement of a degree? And I think, well, you know, as somebody who's leaving university to teach in an alternative universe, I think that's interesting. Uh, can we take advantage of educational programs like those offered by Google and other online platforms? Or better yet, do we have the resources to design our own online training to help increase our pool of qualified candidates? Um, and then it says, remember, this is the line you're talking about. Nowadays, it's all about skills, not degrees. I'm like, yeah, e even leaving a university... I wouldn't be saying it's all about skills. It's about thinking. Yeah. He, you know, the skills are really, you know, me, skills are I mean, important. I, yeah, they are important. Of course they are. And this is the thing. And they're embedded within good degree programs. And they're, they're embedded in a way that is important and works. And skills coupled with thinking is really important. And thinking through making is like, that's my mantra. Yeah. Thinking through making is the way to do stuff, right? And that's what, and we do that and I do a lot of that. But for me, that last line, it's dangerous talk, to be honest, because, and for me, and that's yeah. where I, that's where it gets on my nerves, because, you know, the planet is facing some of the most dangerous times that, that humans have ever faced, right? And what we don't need is more people doing the same skills. We need more people yeah. thinking creatively. And so we need to offer and open up opportunities for people to learn in different ways, short, long, medium, whatever those things are, to learn what it means to think creatively and to understand our place in and our role within a functioning society. Stuff like this is just about Google's bottom line and that does me in. And when they write an article like that and says, don't forget it's all about skills, not degrees. It's like, what? Like, come on, we need to think bigger and better than this. And that's why that's why I got a bit annoyed yeah. about it. And, had to, had, and I'm rubbish at writing. I had to write an instant blog post. <laughs> It's like crazy. Yeah, I, what, what, what concerns me about the, the way it's written is it's kind of like, you know, after that line, the skills not degrees, it says, because if there's anything this pandemic has taught us, it's the importance of maximizing ROI on both time and money. And like, you know, there's quite a lot of time when I'm mentoring people on my mentoring program now, which, you know, a lot of stuff, you know, I'm not necessarily saying to somebody, what you need to do now is go and we're going to do th run through this typography deck because I want to teach you the skills of typography or whatever. I'm saying, no, go read this and read this and read that. And then once you've done those things, come back and let's have a chat about that and we'll see where we go from there. And what I find interesting about it is, you know, if we were to sit and do a cost-benefit analysis, uh, you know, I think that someone who's paying for it in the companies that I'm dealing with would be like, why are we spending this money? But when I talk to the people who I'm mentoring, who generally tend to be more junior to mid, who are trying to move up within organizations, mm -hmm. um, like this one girl I'm talking to at the minute called Cassandra, um, and like I spoke to her on Wednesday and she said, I love these conversations. Every time you, you, we have this chat, I leave with a list of things to look at and I always go off and learn new things and it's really interesting. And I, you know, and I kind of think, great 
Um, you know, she's going off and she's reading and she's learning new things and she's not just learning about design, she's learning about business because that's really important. And, you know, she's going off and she's expanding her mind beyond just the skills um, in the way that you would on a degree, but just not in a university. Um, and I think that what you're saying, what I'm saying is the same. We just need to find some way of, of bridging um there's different you know things. do universities teach some of the things that i do um or do you know or how do we build a system where people you know some people go to university and maybe they spend longer and they're not skills focused they're thinking focused and i don't know it's really complicated education yeah, I think oh yeah, speaking they're... of which we, we're at one hour and three minutes and we have to stop yeah. but so ken robinson died this week no I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Joking. He died like three days ago. And I was joking. so, so sad to hear that news. Um, so for anyone who oh, doesn't know Sir Ken strange. Robinson, go, go take a look at pretty much anything he's oh, ever so done. Awesome. Like his Ted talk on creativity. Amazing. He also talked about like an agricultural model of learning as opposed to a mechanized, like automotive model of learning. Yeah. And like I said to Cara the other day, I found that out yesterday and or it was yesterday or two days ago. And I, I said to Cara, honestly, probably the biggest impact on my teaching ever. Yeah, he definitely. There's other people who've impacted well. me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but um, like, yes, that's he's. Yes. I mean, I, well, wow. OK, so I didn't know that. Um, and that is sad news, obviously. Yeah, I mean, for me, his, the big thing for me was that he it was he understood why creativity is so important, and how that it was being removed and taken away, yeah, and all this kind of stuff, and and, and hits the nail on the head about what it is, you know, and and, and so succinctly spelt it out and showed it and worked with lots of great people to do it, yeah, and well does you know well deserving of all of the praise that he's had in his career, um, yeah, that is sad. Yeah, I think yeah. if you watch one thing. Watch the RSA Animate um, video, uh, which we should put a link into, uh, in which he talks about education going quite far back. And then someone is doing an illustrated animated yeah, version nice. of the talk. And it's very, very good. And also his TED talk where he talks about the agricultural model of uh, actually my first ever talk as a solo speaker after Nick and I went our separate ways was all about um, educators being navigators. I think it was called We Are Navigators. It was for industry conference in Newcastle. And he was a big part of the of the talk because I had showed a picture of a factory and I was like, these people come out of this education system like ju, 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 they're all the same. Whereas there was a kind of picture of people in a field and I was like, these people have grown, you know, they're, they're not the same, you know. Um, and he was just, I was really sad to hear the news. Yeah, that is um, sad. Anyway, that's a, that's a spot for us to end. Um, lots to, we should probably talk about Sir Ken Robinson next episode and some of his impacts on, you know, because I don't think that his thinking is 100% filtered through. Um, no, you know. no, I think you're right. I think you're right. Again, I think right, I'm going to hit stop. It. I'm going to hit yeah. stop. Yeah.